You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. another episode of the Dr. Lowe Show. Thank you for joining me. I'm here at the office about to start my Monday of seeing patients. Wanted to hop on real quick and record this intro. I hope that you all are having a wonderful day, whatever you're doing, whether you're jogging or cleaning your house or taking a road trip or whatever you're doing. I hope that you are enjoying yourself and I'm just sending you love, sending you so much love and thank you for being a listener to the show. So I wanted to just share a couple announcements real quick, and then we'll get into the episode. So first off is I wanted to talk about an event that is coming up where I will be speaking. This is an event that I've done for a few years. It's called Wine, Women, and Hormones. Now, it's not going to be in person like it normally is, so you're welcome to grab some wine at home. But the topic is going to be all about bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So you can bring your questions. There's Q&A that's encouraged. And just really getting your hormone facts straight. So if you listen to our last episode, I was interviewing our pharmacist that we work with, and I got so much great feedback about that show. So I really think this is a topic that a lot of you are interested in and want to learn more about. So if you would like to attend, you can attend anywhere. It's a virtual Zoom meeting, and it's also going to be on Facebook Live as well. So the best way to get information, because you do need to register, is to go to Rx. So it's L-A-V-I-T-A-R-X.com. And then if you just click on events, you'll see the information there about this. So it's on Tuesday, May 11th. So Tuesday, May 11th from 12 to 1 Pacific Standard Time. So Tuesday, May 11th from 12 to 1 Pacific Time. And you can join. It's totally free and educate yourself and learn all about hormones. And then I wanted to share just a couple of the show sponsors that helped to make this show possible. So I am extremely picky about companies that I work with. So I have a lot of companies that reach out and want to be talked about on the show. And unless it's something that I feel 100% confident with that I would take, that I would give to my family or that I do take and that I love, unless that happens, I'm I'm not going to share about it. So just want you guys to know that I'm only sharing about things that I use or that I even prescribe for patients. And I've also seen good results with. So the first show sponsor is Paleo Valley. So you can check them out at paleovalley.com and any products on their website, you can get a 15% off if you just do Dr. Lowe at checkout. So they have an amazing bundle that's on special right now. It's called the Full Spectrum Defense Bundle and it has three products that come with this bundle. And I really see this as a way to start your morning with some real oomph. So if you feel like you're dragging, if you already wake up feeling tired and overwhelmed for what you have coming up in the day, you're just not waking up rested and charged, right? And you're already kind of starting in a depleted state. So the three products that are in this are the organic super greens, the essential C complex, and the neuro effect. 
So the three of them really work well together and I'll tell you why. So the organic super greens are going to be getting so many nutrients in it that are found to help with gut health, immune function, just overall wellness. This is gonna have things like vitamin A, vitamin C, and this is all food-based. Zinc, B vitamins, iron, manganese, which is not talked about often. This is a trace mineral that can help with calming and also help with energy. So those are the organic super greens. So it has 23 different superfoods. So you just put it in some water and just drink it down. And then the second product that's in this bundle is their neuro effect. So these are capsules that work to boost focus and concentration. There's effects for the immune system, helps to reduce stress. It has a sprinkle of caffeine in it, not the caffeine that's going to make you jittery. I mean, literally a sprinkle. It's less than what you would get in a small little square of dark chocolate. So it's not a lot, but the form of it is really special to where it doesn't give you that jittery high, but it gives you some of the antioxidant benefits of the coffee bean. And then you get the other nutrients, which are whole mushrooms. So they're nutrients like mushrooms, like specifically lion's mane, for example, that are found to really increase the neurocognition. So it helps you think better and have clearer cognition. And then the third product is their essential C complex. So the vitamin C, I mean, we know about vitamin C for immune health, but it does so much more than that. So other factors that vitamin C play a part in is number one, making progesterone. So if fertility is a journey that you're on right now, or even maybe you have symptoms of estrogen dominance, where you're having difficult periods and just PMS symptoms, your vitamin C may be deficient. Vitamin C is needed to make progesterone. And the other thing is you need vitamin C to have healthy adrenal function. So fun fact, if you were to eat the adrenal glands of an animal, you would get a huge load of vitamin C. Animals make their own vitamin C, like Dinah, my dog sitting here next to me, she makes her own vitamin C. But for humans, we need to take that in our diet because it's essential. So if you want to get your bundle, you just head over to paleovalley.com and you get um, an extra 15% off of their already 15% and you just enter Dr. Lowe. So that's the first thing. That's a mouthful, but I really love that bundle that they're doing right now. And then the second sponsor that I want to give some love to is Haya Health. So this is Zion, my son, he's about to turn two. This is his multivitamin that we use. And I was extremely picky about which multivitamin I wanted to give him. There were a couple that I was considering, but I didn't like it because they were gummy and they also had sugar in them. So like Smarty Pants, for example, a lot of my patients come in and their kids are using Smarty Pants and some of them are using Smarty Pants because they love the taste, but it has sugar in it. It has five grams of sugar in each serving, which it's like, okay, yeah, you're getting some vitamins, but you're also giving yourself sugar every single day. And that's a lot for kids to have every day. So I didn't like a lot of the vitamins for that reason. And also what I like about this too, is you only need one a day. So it's a chewable tablet. It tastes really good. It's a cherry flavor and it has the best forms of all the vitamins and minerals. And as soon as the kiddo turns two, they can start taking it. I gave Zion that starting like at one, you make your decision what you decide to do, but I love Haya Health so much and I want them to really thrive as a company and continue to grow. So you can check them out at Haya Health. It's H-I-Y-A health.com and then actually dot com slash Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O. And then the discount is Dr. Lowe at checkout. Okay. So you end up getting $50 off your first order, which is an awesome deal. And then if you decide you want to continue to do that, then you get every month, another 30 day supply for your kids. All right. So I want to jump into the show, just a little bit about this show. It was very brainy. 
So I loved it. This was like total brain candy for me. I got so much out of it. I took so many notes, but just keep that in mind. It's quite brainy. So put your thinking cap on. And also there's a lot of hard to pronounce, hard to spell ingredients and supplements that we talk about. So my team will do the best that they can to put these into the show notes so that you're not like, what did they just say? <laughs> trying to Google all day what we talked about. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the show and let's jump into it. Hey guys, so welcome back. This show I'm so excited for. It's going to be really interesting. We've done this podcast for many years now. We've talked about anti-aging a bit, but there's more to it that I'm looking forward to getting into with this episode. Joining me is my guest, Dr. Is it Sandra or Sandra? I want to say it Sandra. right. Sandra, Sandra. <laughs> Dr. Sandra Kaufman, and she is a new guest on the show. She's the founder of the Kaufman Anti-Aging Institute, which is an educational company that focuses on why we age and how we can minimize the effects of aging to live longer and to live healthier. So she's, this is definitely a big focus in what she does with her practice. And she has a master's degree from the University of Connecticut in tropical ecology and plant physiology, which you don't hear about a lot. She's a member of the scientific advisory board, and she's recently received an accolade from the American Health Council as best in medicine. And she's a certified expert on the science of medicine and specifically anti-aging. And so Dr. Kaufman, I won't say much more about your bio because I want to hear a little more from you, but welcome to the show. Thank you. It is absolute pleasure to be here. Exactly. And you said to me before we started recording that you may have some interruptions on your side, right? So what do you got going on over there? So I love your introduction. I'm like, wow, that sounds like an amazing person. Uh, I wish it was all true. I, I confess that I don't actually have a real practice. I, I don't. I, I do have an office, but I'm actually the chief of pediatric anesthesia at a children's hospital. Wow. So that is my day job. And as I was saying before, you never know. I've tried to minimize any interruptions. It's, it's a never-ending task. And then someone's having a crisis and people are always trying to get a hold of me. Yeah, uh, I got my own thing on my side. I got my two-year-old in the other room and my brother's watching him. Interruptions galore, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> exactly. But in terms of longevity, this has become the most elaborate hobby that I think anyone could have ever come up with. I did it kind of by accident. I was a cell biologist and you pointed out that I was a plant physiologist and plant cells are not exactly like animal cells, but there are a ton of similarities. And I love the idea that everything living is based in a cell for the most part. And if your cells go awry, then so do you. So my focus in longevity is cell-based. Some people go with organ-based or a variety of other things, but everything I do is cell-based. And then people say, why did I do all this? And, and the answer is, I'm an athlete. I like to think of myself as an athlete. I'm a rock climber. I'm a mountain climber. I swim a lot. I bike a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to be able to do the things that I want to do. And granted, they're different for everyone. But the idea is, can you make yourself as healthy and as basically not aging as long as possible to be able to do all the things we enjoy doing? Yeah, right. Absolutely. That's so cool that you're an athlete too. It depends, I guess, on perspective. I've never <laughs> really been paid to be an athlete. I guess I'm more of a after work weekend warrior. I do beat the absolute bejesus out of myself and I'm always walking around with injuries, which my kids <laughs> laugh at because they're like, mom, you know, you're getting older. I'm like, yeah, no. How many kids do you have? How old are they? I have two teenagers. I have a 17 year old and a 15 year old. Wow. That's awesome. I'm sure it's been interesting them having a mother who is so into all these elaborate things. <laughs> 
for them growing oh, yeah, up. Yeah, it's in fact it's so rewarding because I was kidding around with my older daughter the other day about I, I don't exactly remember it was something about having a sore throat or, or something and she, yeah and I said I think you're going to be okay you can power through this and she goes mom we can't all be superheroes like you <laughs> oh you're like is that a compliment or <laughs> I, I awesome. wasn't really sure I thought it was a good yeah. thing I'm like oh, I kid around about that but it's not really yeah good. it's one of those thank you Exactly. Well, a lot has happened in the last couple of years, and I'm sure for a lot of us, our aging clock has skipped forward a little bit. So let's just get into the real basics of what aging is, and then we can get into all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I said before, we age because our cells age. And so what I did when I jumped into this is I read and I read and I read, and I took every possible reason why your cell would age and filed them away into seven categories. And you could theoretically argue that one subcategory could be in a different category and, and whatever. But I thought this was the easiest way to organize some very difficult concepts. So if you're okay, this is the boring part starts. I'm going to zip through the seven reasons that your cells age. Please do. Please do. I've already made a list. And I want people to know this is why one thing isn't going to solve all of the issues with aging because you really do age in many categories. And it also is why there is not at the moment one test that tells you what your physiologic age is. I know that people go online and they're like, oh, my physiologic age is X because this company told me. And the answer is maybe, but you have to consider all the different categories. Anyway, the first category, and I call them tenants. So tenant one has to do with your DNA. Of course, DNA changes over time. And the big two things in this category have to do with epigenetic modification and telomere length. Epigenetics is all about what your genes do and change over time. I call them decorations. And in essence, they're methylations or acetylations or phosphorylations, but it turns genes on or off, sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a really horrible way. But we need to control that. So that's pretty darn important. And that's something we need to think about before we're even old, not phrasing mm -hmm. that very well, but that's something you can think about in your thirties, 35, even before you hit real aging. Telomere length, of course, that you can have your telomere length tested and the shorter your telomeres, the longer your lifespan. And there are agents that you can take to stabilize it and lifestyle changes that you can make to sort of stabilize that. I thought so you want to have your telomeres longer. No, you do. You do. Oh, they gotcha. get shorter with time. Okay. Um, and it sort of represents the number of times your cell can divide. So every time it divides, they get shorter. If you're under stress, they get shorter. Variety of things shorten telomeres. So we want to either stabilize them or make them longer. Okay, gotcha. The risk being some people argue that if you make them too long, it can be a setup for cancer. Interesting. But in real studies, it has not proven to be true. Okay. So that's tenant number one. Tenant number two has to do with energy production. Every cell has mitochondria. Mitochondria were considered the powerhouses of the cell. And based on what the cell needs to do, you can either have a couple or half a million. But mitochondria fail over time, and we know this. So big things in the mitochondrial category are free radicals. One to 10% of the oxygen that your mitochondria need in the electron transport chain become radicalized. And I like to think of this as little mini bombs and they sort of blow up mitochondrial DNA and proteins and lipids and they sort of cause damage everywhere. Your cells make your own endogenous free radical scavengers, but as you get older, number one, you have more free radicals and number two, you have less ability to get rid of them. So that's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. The other thing in the mitochondrial category has to do with nicotinamide deficiency. 
-hmm. You need NAD in the electron transport chain, and you need it in several places around your cells. And we just know for a fact that most people over the age of 40 are nicotinamide deficient, which means their energy stores are significantly less. And then all of the other things that it does around the cell, that sort of fails as well. So that is mitochondria. The third tenet I call pathways, and this has to do with your AMP kinase pathway, you have seven mammalian sirtuins, and you have the mTOR pathway. And there are some other ones thrown in there, but I think these are the big three. What was the third? You said AMP kinase sirtuins. You've got sirtuins, and you have seven mammalian sirtuins. And then there's something called the mTOR pathway. AMP kinase is interesting because this is why intermittent fasting works. Mm-hmm. It tells your body that you are starving. And by telling your cells and your body that you are starving, you go into a state of hibernation and this helps with lifespan. It increases autophagy and does a whole lot of really interesting things. And what's autophagy for people who don't know what that is? So autophagy is like cellular recycling. So let's say you have a cell and one of the organelles inside the cell isn't doing so great. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like having a car that's not doing so great. You can do two things. If you have a ton of money, you can just buy a new car and leave the old one sitting there. If you are in a condition where you don't have that much money, you're going to fix the old one, right? Financially, that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. So in your cell, if you have no energy, you're going to recycle your old organelle and make a new one out of that. Cool. Such a good analogy. And that is more cost-effective to your cell than making a new one. And it's better for you, but it all depends on how much energy your cell perceives that it has. And that's what the AMP kinase pathway does. Cool. Wow. Okay. We got DNA, we got energy production, and then the pathways. Pathways. The sirtuins, I just find unbelievably amazing. There's seven of them and they control pretty much almost every other reason that you age. They control the amount of endogenous free radical scavengers that you make. They control if you make brown or white fat. They control where you deposit that fat. They control your circadian rhythms. They control all of these aspects that people think are just mandatory with aging, but don't have to be. And we can turn these systems on as they start to get turned off in our 40s. So we can control that, which is really amazing. You just have to know that it's happening. And how do we control that? Are we going to get into that later? We're going to get into that later. <laughs> this is the first half is always like really bad news. And then the yeah. second half is, ha ha, we can Yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> All right, so the fourth category I call quality control. Hold on real fast. What about the mTOR? So mTOR is really interesting because this is a pathway of youthfulness and making things get bigger and growing. It should turn off over time, but it actually doesn't. The other ones turn off and you want them to be on. This one stays on when you want it to be off. Mm-hmm. It forces cells to keep growing when they shouldn't. And this causes high blood pressure and it causes hypertrophy of a lot of places that you really don't want it. And this is why rapamycin has been big in the news lately. I think they're doing a dog trial on it now. So if you slow down this process, it does in fact make your life longer. My issue with it is we're still in the very beginning stages of understanding this. And what it does do, unfortunately, at the same time is it decreases turnover of cells. And the places where you need cell turnover is in your hippocampus and in your muscles. So what happens is over extended periods of time, you don't make memories and you become sarcopenic. So we need to control the mTOR pathway, but we just need better ways of doing it than we have right now. Mm -hmm. People are working on this. I'll give it a year or two and I'm sure we'll have an answer. Because What were you saying? Rapamycin? Rapamycin. Okay. Is that like an anti-tumor? No, rapamycin is actually an immunosuppressant. Okay. They they give it to people kidney transplants. Okay. Gotcha. Um, 
yeah, it's just, it has a lot of really not so great side effects. Right. So does that suppress mTOR? It does. It does. Okay, it gotcha. suppresses mTOR. And in animal studies, they do way better on it. They really do. Wow. The problem is, is you're not asking these rats to answer very sophisticated questions. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so we're working on that one. So I, I don't recommend at the moment that anyone jump on the rapamycin bandwagon. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. In, in a few years, maybe, but not, <laughs> not right now. There's so many other like very cool, benign things that we can do. But absolutely. So the next one is a quality control, as I mentioned. And your cell basically is a big factory that makes proteins. Mm -hmm. And over the course of time, your cells screw up making the proteins. Mm -hmm. And you have very complex protein repair mechanisms. Same thing happens to your DNA. Your DNA, every cell has 10 to the fifth, that's a lot, DNA errors per day. Wow. If you don't fix that, you're going to have dead cells or cancer. Wow. Essentially or they're going to make erroneous proteins. And that's one of the reasons that you get Alzheimer's and all those strange proteins folding anomalously in your brain. But you have very specific DNA repair mechanisms as well, but these get turned off as you get older. So right. we have to turn them back on. Okay, uh, gotcha. Last thing in this category is autophagy. And we briefly touched on that. And again, it gets turned off with age and we need to stimulate autophagy. And that really helps us maintain our longevity. Mm -hmm. So is it two things in the quality control, the making proteins and the autophagy? So it's proteins, DNA. Okay. I just think of it as recycling and fixing things. Exactly. If you had a company, you need to check your widgets. You need to fix your widgets. You need to fix the directions <laughs> for your widgets yep. or you recycle your widgets, right? Yep. It's like you got systems or are the employees following the systems? <laughs> No, exactly. Sense. Yeah. That okay. is exactly. And I try to pare these things down. So like regular people go, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fifth category is what I call the security system. And this is your immune system that is extraordinarily helpful when you're young. And then it turns on you as you get older. So older people tend to have more infections. They are less likely to take well to vaccines. Vaccines are less efficacious. Mm -hmm. And these cells that are supposed to be helping you don't. They become leukemias, they become lymphomas. And at the same time, you also sort of get put in a state of systemic inflammation. It's called mm -hmm. inflammation. So the cytokinins that your cells would have made to help you are now hindersome. And we all become chronically inflamed, leading to all of these inflammatory diseases, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, atherosclerosis, brain inflammation is another form of dementia. But knowing it, again, we can fix it. I know this mm -hmm. is something really depressing. No, um, it's not. It's super interesting. It's just like brain candy for me. Oh, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, so 10 at six, and we only have two more to go, and, and then we'll get to some good news. 10 at six, I call individual cell requirements because a liver cell needs something different than a red cell versus a bone cell. And I also, in this category, I put senescent cells, which we want to get rid of, and stem cells that we want to make better. And again, each type of cell needs a little bit of different stuff. So we sort of cater to those in this category. Mm -hmm. And then the last category I call waste management. In any factory, you have to take out the trash. So this includes glycation. So glucose, we know is bad for us. And people try to go on these really low glucose diets. And I, and I think that's fabulous. I fail miserably at it because I've got a sweet tooth. But <laughs> we want to limit what damage the glucose can do. And the reason we want to do this, I'm so sorry. They're overheading some design. Okay. We told people it would happen. It could happen. So one thing I couldn't block out. Anyway, so glucose is sticky as a molecule, right? We think of lollipops as being sticky on the outside. They're sticky on the inside mm -hmm. and glucose sticks to molecules and it forms things called AGEs or advanced glycation end products. 
And these things stick to collagen and they destroy collagen. So basically your structural system falls apart over time. And we see this because this is one of the big reasons that your skin sags. Um, it also causes heart failure and a variety of other issues, but it's also, they're very inflammatory. So this makes the inflammatory system even worse. And then the last thing in this category is lipofusion. Old cells are not able to take out the garbage as much as they should. So they get this collection of unrecyclable goop shoved in the back of the cell, and it can be the rate limiting factor for long lived cells, such as neurons and that sort of thing. Interesting. Anyway, so in a nutshell, those are the big reasons that we age. Can you talk about lipofusion a little bit more? You see, those are old cells that can't take out the, the garbage. And what did you so, say about that? So we talked about autophagy, mm -hmm. right? You take your mitochondria or whatever organelle that it is, it's not working so great and you recycle it. And the cell is able to take out 90 plus percent of those molecules and reuse them. And there's always this glob that it can't right? Mm -hmm. In cells that turn over, it's okay. It doesn't cause any problems. But in very long-lived cells, every time you recycle some organelles, more and more of this stuff accumulates. I call it the kitchen. Gotcha. If you've lived in a house for a long time, there's a drawer in the kitchen that's filled with crap. It's like a landfill. You try to recycle as much as you can, but some of it goes in the landfill. That right? is exactly right. Okay. And if you could split your planets, half of that would disappear and you'd be like, oh, I got plenty of space. Nerve cell, for example, can't do that. So it just accumulates over time. So whereas autophagy is fantastic, too much autophagy in long-lived cells is a double-edged sword. So we want autophagy, but we also wanted to limit the need for it. So if you maximize the quality of your mitochondria and all of your cell in general, then you need less autophagy and you get less accumulation over the course of time. Wow. That's super cool. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with this. I want to learn all of these and know them by heart. Say it enough times and it just rolls off your tongue. Right. Exactly. I think I have a feeling you're not looking at notes. I think you know this stuff. <laughs> I well, just a little bit. And, and there are other smaller things that people sort of obsess about, but they fit neatly into these Into categories. that framework. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So um, how is it that, and I was going to ask you, okay, tell me about oxidative stress, telomeres, even like getting into the mind connection. I think that's really interesting when people are like, oh, I'm going to live to a hundred or versus someone that's, I'm going to die at 50 because my dad and my grandpa died at 50. I mean, there is that connection with that. So where does that fit in? So you are dealt some genetic pattern, right? Whatever it is. You have to make several assumptions. Number one, you, even if you have this roughly the same genetic code, you are not not your parents and you are not your grandparents, right. right? If you looked at two identical twins when they are babies, they really look the same. As they get older, they are less and less and less the same because they are in different environments, different foods, different air, different this, different that, different daily things that they do. Mm -hmm. That changes their epigenetics and they are going to be different. Mm -hmm. So you can in fact change how you process your DNA. So just because you've been dealt a bad hand doesn't necessarily mean you have to live that bad hand. Yeah. So that that's one. And, and number two, if you have a family disposition for some type of disease, we create a longevity program that caters to that. So for example, if dad and granddad died of diabetes, you know what? That's a glucose problem, right? That falls into the waste management category. Mm -hmm. So when you create a protocol, we go with things that are very much aimed at waste management. It's so interesting. What if it's someone that's like both my parents and all my siblings and everyone died of heart disease? Would you think of a different category for them? So heart disease can be many things, mm -hmm. right? Is it cardiovascular? Let me back up. 
it could be so many places to start. Right, right. So the blood supply to the heart, three main arteries, when they clog, and that's coronary disease, right? Mm -hmm. That is a vessel disease. That's inflammation of your vessels everywhere. It's atherosclerotic plaques. It's lipid problems, blah, blah, blah. If that's what it is, we can deal with it. Mm -hmm. Some people have congenital heart disease problems where you've got holes in your heart. ASDs, VSDs causes hypertrophy in various places. That's a whole nother set of familial sort of issues. Mm -hmm. And then some people just get heart failure without coronary disease. And that's a collagen disorder. Interesting. So it, you just have to be extremely specific about why people have what they have. There are a million reasons to have kidney failure. Mm -hmm. There are many reasons to have neurologic decline. You have to pinpoint it physiologically, and then we can do our very best to treat it. Mm -hmm. And we so, don't want to treat the disease. We want to treat the etiology of the disease so you don't even get far. Right, exactly. And for you guys who don't know, etiology means find the cause of something. Because I, I have people who listen here as just general public, but there are medical students and also health providers that listen as well. So for those who are listening, who are in the health field, how is it that we can figure out which category people fall in and really assess kind of the root cause? Well, you, you just have to think back to what it is that's causing the problem. Very easy stuff. For example, most of the arthritis problems, that is chronic inflammatory stuff, mm -hmm. right? So we need to increase the anti-inflammatory load. People that have a family history of specific cancers, that is either an epigenetic problem or it is a DNA repair mechanism problem. Mm -hmm. People that have specific skin disorders, that's usually a free radical problem again, could be inflammatory, could be something else right. because all the diseases are different, but we know the pathophysiology of most of these things, not all, but most, right. you can get down to the nitty gritty, what is actually going on in and around the cell and what can we do to fix it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you got to see a doctor that spends more than seven minutes with you, right? Like really does the digging, does the testing, takes a great history and is able to figure out which category or if there's multiple ones and be able to really help support you through that. Let's say after going through all this, how is it that people can address these issues? Because it can obviously be really overwhelming hearing all of those things. Oh, no, without a doubt. And, and honestly, when I figured all this out, I was ridiculously overwhelmed as well. I don't want anyone out there to feel ridiculously stupid or any, because it's ridiculously overwhelming and over even my head frequently. But what <laughs> I did, because I'm also an organizing buff and it drove me nuts. I would ask people, what agents are you taking? And they would name something. And I would say, why? And they're like, oh, my mother's brother's uncle's aunt said this was amazingly good for you. And I'm thinking, that does not hold a whole lot of scientific credibility. What does that mean exactly? So what I did is I went through a whole lot of molecular agents and, and I call them molecular agents because some are supplements, some are adjuvants, a variety of different categories, but they all work on a molecular level. So and what does that mean for people like an adjuvant versus a supplement? So a supplement technically is something that you already have in your body and you're adding more. You are mm -hmm. supplementing your own endogenous quantities. So as an example, we all have nicotinamide in our bodies. We need it. We make it, we have it, whatever. You are used to having it. You tend not to have enough as you get older. So we are supplementing your supply. All right. Yeah. An adjuvant is something your body has never seen naturally. Mm -hmm. I don't think any of us naturally produce astaxanthin because it comes from algae. So that is an adjuvant. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Anyway, so plus I think supplement just has a horrible connotation these days. It sounds totally. like someone's smelling snake oil and, it, and it's horrible. Exactly. Right? And the other thing that people talk about is, oh, is it over the counter? Or is it a drug? I don't really care. And, and I know you're very naturalistic, but in my world, 
it's all I about- prescribe meds. You use what works, right? Exactly. If something naturally works. I'm going to use that first, but you use what works. That's a hundred percent. If it's efficacious and the risk benefit ratio is acceptable, yeah. who cares where it came from? Exactly. Right? It's not going to hurt you. It's only going to help you. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I call them all molecular agents. But anyway, point being is I would take agent X, whatever that was. And I would spend weeks and weeks reading every possible thing I could from bench research to determine exactly what it did, exactly what it did. And I kept count, kept score. And I can tell you that many things do things in many of the different categories. And some of Mm -hmm. them are specialists and they only help in one or two categories. And I rated them, how good are they in each category? So Mm -hmm. if agent X did nothing for your DNA, couldn't find it anywhere, it's a zero. If there was amazing human evidence that it just really helped in a particular category, got a three. Mm-hmm. And of course, one and two are in between. I call it the hierarchy of evidence. So every molecular agent that I look at has a seven digit rating number. And it tells you exactly how efficacious it is in each category. So when someone wants to create a longevity protocol for themselves, you pick a bunch of things based on numbers because you want to make sure you have every category covered number one. And then if you have additional health issues, you want to focus on particular categories. So it should be like, I have done all the heavy lifting. Now it should be reasonably a bit easier anyway to sort of figure out. Thanks for doing all that, by the way. (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. And as I said, this is an elaborate hobby. I I don't get paid a dime. I just love this because I'm- Yeah, for sure. It makes something so complicated, easier to wrap your head around. And it helps everyone really, because we're all aging. So it's very valuable, both for people and also for you personally. Okay. What are the things that I'm sure people are wondering, what are the things that help like the most categories? And then for maybe the different ones, if there's like an all-star for each one. Okay. All right. So what I usually do is anyone over the age of 40, because this is when people start noticing that they're getting older. I tell them to start on what I call the panacea. You could argue that it's truly not actually a panacea. It doesn't cure everything, but it just happened to be what the letters spelled out. So it helps people to remember. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So the P turned out to be pterostilbene, and you can substitute resveratrol in there, but they are extremely good at activating your sirtuins. Now they do many things in many other categories, but this is what they do the best. Resveratrol comes from red wine or grapes and pterostilbene comes from blueberries. The follow-up question is always, can't I just eat blueberries? And the answer is sure, if you want to eat three gallons of them. Be my guest, turn into Willy Wonka's uh, big blueberry character. So that's the P, panacea, P-A. A is astaxanthin. This is one of my absolute favorite molecules. And people make fun of me because someone asked me once if I could be a molecule, what would I be? And I said, oh, astaxanthin, that's easy. (laughs) Sort of crazy. I'd be Um, glutathione for sure, yeah tripeptide technically but yeah okay we all have our favorites yeah Uh, but anyway it comes from it's completely natural it comes from algae when you physiologically stress or as i say piss off your algae they create the orange pinkish goo it protects that particular cell from environmental stresses and it'll protect you as well and it comes in what starts out as a single cell and it's consumed in most of the marine systems so it's the pink in roseate spoonbills it's the pink in salmon it's the pink in krill so anytime you see red seafood, it's probably from the astaxanthin. Cool. Um, but what's really amazing, it's an anti-inflammatory. It increases your own endogenous scavenging abilities. And <laughs> the coolest thing ever is it actually blocks sun damage. So cool. So if you sit out in the sun a lot and you don't want to put on sunscreen or you want to put on less sunscreen, take some astaxanthin and your skin will be protected. 
tour. Wow. Legal degree. So that's cool. Super cool. Panacea. P-A-N is nicotinamide. And it comes in either nicotinamide riboside or nicotinamide mononucleotide. There's a sort of a war raging to see which one is going to <laughs> surpass the other. And right. they out first. It's sort of the gold standard in studies. But there's evidence that NMN is, you know, very good as well. Because those two things are owned and controlled by very specific companies. People now get IV infusions. They get right. patches. There's nasal sprays. I don't think it really matters. I, I got 10 IVs of NAD. I didn't really notice a lot, maybe a little bit, but I was really surprised because I don't think that was that it wasn't the category for me that I think needed support. If that makes sense. Well, I think if you're over 40, you are deficient, mm -hmm. but I will tell you that an IV, if you look at your blood levels, it's going to shoot up and then it's going to bottom out. Mm -hmm. I think that a smaller daily dose is going yeah. to better off. Because they're not treating anything. It's just a deficiency. Exactly. And I've worked in many ERs over the years and no one's ever showed up with a severe acute nicotinamide deficiency. So I think the IV infusions are fantastic for advertising and it does drive home the fact that we probably need it. But do we need to pay $2,000 for an infusion? Exactly. Because some company's going to shoot me for saying this. But I just don't think it's necessary. And I think that there are other ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And some people listening maybe had amazing results, but it's just me. And it depends on how deficient you are, right? Exactly. If you're 80 and you haven't had real nicotinamide for 40 years, I bet it's going to soup you right up. Mm -hmm. if, if you are closer to 40, you're probably not as deficient yet. But there are a lot 40, of people, so. you probably weren't that deficient. People, it depends on how deficient you are, how old you are, what you've eaten in the past, blah, blah, blah. There are a million variables. Yeah, for um, sure. So okay. it's also going to really help you if you're deficient. And then you just want to maintain levels so you don't become deficient. Exactly. That's key. Okay. okay. So we got the PAN. All right. So now we sort of cheat because there's two Cs. Curcumin. Wait, is isn't there an A? P-A-N-A. I know. So it sort of gets blurry here at the end. All right. <laughs> we'll skip the A. Go ahead. <laughs> I can make something up. But for the moment, so C stands for curcumin. And everyone here is generally, it's like, oh, I eat turmeric. Isn't that good enough? And the answer is, yeah, no. One to 4% of turmeric is actually curcumin. And if you just took straight curcumin, the bioavailability is terrible. It lasts for about an hour max. So there is a war raging to make the most bioavailable curcumin. Mm -hmm. And the reason the war is raging is because everyone knows that if you can get enough into your body, it just does super fantastic things. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing anti-inflammatory, just absolutely amazing. Do and you have a favorite way to get that in? I guess we can get into the specifics after you go over. I tell you, every time I talk about it, some companies come up with a new formulation and then was like, oh, didn't you realize that? And the answer is I right. can't top of all brands all the time. Yeah. Um, I tell people, make sure you find something that says bioavailable. Right, okay. There was 20 years ago, some technology that if you added pepper to it, you had increased bioavailability because the pepper limited the, basically blocked your liver enzymes temporarily. So you had it for longer, mm -hmm. but that's kind of really old hat. Now they yeah. put it like nanomyceles and all of this fantastic new technology. And it, it really does work. I mean, I have my favorites, but I, who knows if they're like absolutely the best at this moment. And then the C, the next C is carnosine. Carnosine is magic. It is a dipeptide. It's naturally found in your body. Men have more than women and you have less and less as you get older. It basically increases your mitochondrial production. But the most amazing thing is it actually helps to transglycosylate. So it helps to get rid of a lot of the glucose in your body. That's interesting. It's amazing stuff. 
And so this technically is a supplement because you are supplementing what you already have. And it's not carnitine, it's carnosine. Carnosine. Mm-hmm. Um, and every culture likes different agents and the Russians love carnosine. All the mm. major research on carnosine is done over there. Interesting. And what's really cool is there's a guy who has an extraordinarily long name that I can never pronounce, but he formulated eye drops out of carnosine. Mm. They're called NAC drops. And what they do is they can actually help reverse cataracts. They give it to like 50,000 people over there because you can just do it without asking. But it really helps reverse cataracts with no side effects. And it also helps with presbyopia because the inability to move the lens in your eye is mostly because of glycation. And if you can strip off some of that glycation, you can actually have better vision as you get older. Wow. And uh, you said they're NAC drops, but it's not N-acetylcysteine. It's actually carnosine. It's N-acetylcarnosine. Carnosine. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. And then the E and the A. So we truncate this. So sometimes that's what people use. They like top five because people always say, oh, I can only take five. If they're willing to branch out a little bit more, I'll add on the E, okay. ECGC, and it's the active ingredient in green tea. It does amazing things. And it's one of the most potent epigenetic modifiers that we have. And it also helps people lose weight. So they love that. Can people they're drink green tea or do they have to take EGCG? So mostly, and and again, read your bottle. But most of the time, if you have a normal cup of green tea, there's like 40 milligrams of ECGC in it. If you take a pill, it's somewhere between 400 to 500. Mm -hmm. There used to be the green tea diet and they wanted you to drink 10 cups a day. Wow. Help you lose weight. I would imagine you just spend half your time in the bathroom at that point. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. But it helps fat production and there's no A. I ran out of it. <laughs> so it's really pan C. Pan C. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Those are the ones that kind of across the board do the most work, right? From what you've gathered in your research. So yes, that combination of things helps mostly overall. It hits all the categories. So if someone wants the quick, dirty, easy thing to do, that would be it. And then and- after that, we start getting fancier. Okay. And then just so you guys know, we'll put these specific things in the show notes because a lot of them are really hard to spell or pronounce. So I'll make sure my VA gets those into the show notes and that you guys can get that listed there. But okay, go ahead. So just in terms of a few specialty items, and I just love this stuff. If you have areas in your body that sort of are pathologic areas. So for example, if you had cancer and you had chemo and radiation in your breast or your neck or your this or your that, you are sitting on a high number of senescent cells. And senescent cells, I like to think of them as old grumpy cells. They change their morphology and all they do is put out evil cytokines. So it creates a huge inflammatory process. And it's been demonstrated that if you get rid of your senescent cells, two things happen. Number one, regular healthy cells replace them and your cytokine load drops. So I would recommend that if anyone that has had cancer with radiation chemo or even serious injuries like a knee injury or a disc injury or anything that bothers them chronically, quercetin and fisetin are the only things known to get rid of senescent cells. What, how do you spell fisetin? I've never heard of that. F-I-C-E-T-I-N. Okay. Actually F-I-C- comes from strawberries, but again, you have to eat a whole lot. A lot. Right. And okay. quercetin is pretty cool. They very similar chemically, it comes from onions and quercetin also helps to avoid getting COVID. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw that data. That's interesting. It's also right. in the skin of apples too, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it likes skin. So if you're going to eat something, eat the skin. Mm-hmm. Of course, and it's so cool. I actually made a chart when COVID hit, like why does it get into us and cause us problems? And I blocked it into six categories and I made a list of all of the things that can help you. And quercetin, it's so cool. So just as a quick aside, so it blocks the ability of the virus to get into your cells. Once it's in your cells, it blocks the replication process. Mm-hmm. And it also stabilizes something called mast cells. Mm-hmm. And mast cells like to put out histamine. So it helps block the evil response to viruses. And I just think that's cool. Interesting. And, and a common thing that's happening for people is a post-COVID rash. So I, I would think that would really help with mm-hmm. that. Oh, 100%. In fact, between the quercetin and the curcumin, you're blocking mast cell granulation and you're blocking cytokine response. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a win-win. You don't age and you're better off. Right, right. So is that something you see as important for other people as well, or just those who have that history with those senescent cells? Well, I think it's going to help everybody, but yeah. more. it's going to help you more, or you're going to see more if you have those pathologies. Those, okay, awesome. And then there's other things that are just, I just find them just amazing. For example, a colonia cava. It is a fantastic, it's a marine plant, it grows in the ocean, mostly near Korea. And it actually helps your stem cells and specifically your hair follicle stem cells. I don't know what that so is. How do you spell that? <laughs> E-C-K-L-O-N-I-A. Kava, C-A-V-A, helps your hair grow better. Interesting. There's something called naringenin. And this is actually in Chinese, which I don't actually speak. So I'm going by what the literature tells me, translates into fixes broken bones. And this is actually in the you know individual cell category. It improves osteoblastic generation. So people that have bad bones, this benefits you tremendously. Mm-hmm. I know that the plant equisetum or bone set that has some great effects for that as well. Maybe that's the Chinese version. It could cool. be, it could be. They yeah. all come with 17,000 names. Right. And I try to narrow it down the molecule within the plant or within the whatever. Sometimes you but sometimes you can't. But exactly. And some of these compounds, like you said, you can have in, in different plants. Okay. Awesome. Any other special items? I mean, we have so many that we listed, but. Oh gosh, I could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, polyponium, it's block. And what this does, it does in almost every category, but it's one of the few things that increases your DNA repair mechanisms. Right on. You said so it's, what's it's it called actually, again? The, the audio cut out for a second. You can buy it as something called fern block and it increases DNA repair mechanisms. So for example, and most people notice skin more than anything else. If you're out in the sun and you take polypodium, you're less likely to have any cancers because you're fixing your DNA. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So I want to backtrack for just one quick sec on things like diet and exercise. So can you give any perspectives on that in regards to anti-aging? So I will tell you, number one, I'm not a nutritionalist and I'm certainly not an exercise physiologist. Mm -hmm. I think I know what everyone else knows is you eat as well as you can Mm -hmm. and you exercise as much as you can without breaking anything or having (laughs) a heart failure. We do know that diets can, anything you put into your body is going to have a molecular effect. Right. You're a junk food junkie. It's going to have an issue. I don't want to say you are what you eat because that's so generic. On the other hand, of course it has a huge effect, but I will say a lot of people that are very much into longevity have these perfect idealized lifestyles and Lord forbid they ever eat a cupcake, do something wrong. And I'm the first person to admit that I eat a donut almost every day. I, <laughs> I, I like donuts. Keep it real. We keep it real on this show. That's what right? we do. 
<laughs> you know, and, and I confess this because no one's perfect and everyone has their thing. I, I gave a lecture once and the guy was living. He goes, does that mean I have to give up a cigar? And I go, I don't care. So whatever cigar you want. The question is, what can you do to alleviate some of the damage from that? And one of the big problems is free radicals. So I said, for every puff of smoke, you've got like a billion free radicals. If you're going to alleviate some of the damage from your bad habit, then just take a supplement that can stave off some of that. And clearly you can't stave off all of it. But the idea of longevity is to improve yourself, not to absolutely destroy your life and make yourself so miserable that you don't want to live anyway. Right. Amen to that, girl. You got to enjoy your life. Like if I was someone just talking made me to a, a cold ice bath, I think I would die. But so right. love it. <laughs> No, it's true. It's about developing that resilience so you can enjoy your life and not be, not have these health habits be chains, but they're just, they're tools that help you to be healthier. So I think that's a good point. What are some of the things that you personally do so that your daily donut doesn't wreak major havoc on your health? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. So I'm the queen of trying to control my own metabolism. Mm -hmm. So the question is, is what does that donut do? Mm -hmm. So I take metformin to block glucose absorption. It also changes the gut microbiota. So it changes how you digest the donut and it selects out for bacteria that are good for you versus bacteria that are bad for you. It takes eight non-enzymatic steps to take a a piece of glucose or a molecule and make an AGE. And I block four or five of those. Mm -hmm. Then I take agents that can strip the glucose off of my cells and off of my collagen. Mm -hmm. So that's the glucose. In terms of carbohydrates, I exercise as much as I possibly can. And then in terms of fat, oh, fat's just an amazing subject because there are probably a zillion enzymes necessary to take extra energy and create fat. And you can block them all. So I do. People think I'm crazy. I probably take 40 things a day and I alternate a few. So I'm not completely, utterly nuts, but I block all possible fat production. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, That's fascinating. I go through periods of time where I take so many supplements. Right now I'm taking a supplement holiday, but normally I'm I'm with you on that. I think what you need to do is you don't, I don't know. I think that I would go nuts if I just went cold turkey, but I think there's a pile that are necessary pretty much daily. And then there's subsets that you can cycle. For example, I have, I think I have 10 in my home and I have a ton in my office. My office piles are divided into piles. So on Mondays, I'll take this pile and Tuesday, I'll take that pile mm-hmm. because I feel like you don't need everything every day necessarily, but you do need small quantities over regular intervals, right? right? There's no one given day that you age a ton. So mm-hmm. every day you have to not age just a little bit and then you break even. That's a good point. And you guys listening, don't just go and try to get metformin from Mexico or something and start to don't just like self experiment. I think there is something to be said for understanding your body and your symptoms and being able to listen to that, but it's a process. And so I really encourage you guys work with somebody and this we do not replace your doctor, obviously (laughs) disclaimer, (laughs) because I know everyone's listening is like looking at Amazon, trying to buy all these things right now and just it's important to not do that. For one, you can, yes, yeah, supplements are safer than most medications, but you can really mess yourself up if you just take a bunch of things and don't really know what you're doing. And then also the quality, you don't know what the quality is of just buying this stuff online. So important little disclaimer for you guys. Yeah, well said. And the other thing I will say is that if someone is just getting started, you make a list of the agents that you think you want to take and you start them one at a time and you start one for two to three weeks in isolation. Mm 
because some people have allergic reactions, some people can't tolerate things. You just never know. And I go through a lot of this looking for risks and benefits. And if anything has risks, I, I don't talk about it and I don't ever recommend it. That being said, nothing's perfect. And you could be the one in a million person that has an allergic reaction. Exactly. Start with seven of them at one time, you'll never know which it is. Mm-hmm. So I tell people to start slowly, pick something, try it. And if it goes well, then add a second and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And if you guys have other health issues, let's see what's going on with you so we can identify which of these categories or what the etiology is, right? The root cause. Anything else about this topic that you think is important to mention before we let you go on with your day? Oh my gosh. I could be talking about this. Like, <laughs> I might have to cut you off. <laughs> well, so I will tell you that. So the first book is out, was out, I think it's two years old now. And it's the first half is why you age. And it goes over probably in absolute horrible detail, complete with really bad jokes as well. Why you age. And then there's 15 agents in the book and it tells you all about them, where they came from, what they do, blah, 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 blah. I am currently working on book two and it's going to be probably 32 additional agents And it's going to be organized by organ system. So what things it helps the most. So there'll be a blurb on skin, things you need to know about skin, and then the things that help that the most. And then the brain and then the heart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because I found that is what drives people more than anything else. They're like, yeah, I don't want to age, but I also am worried about my vision or I'm more Mm -hmm. worried about my brain. So it's more targeted. That makes sense. Okay. And your book is the Kaufman Protocol. That's what you're referring to. Yes. Yeah. And what's your second book going to be called? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. If anyone has any good suggestions, <laughs> send you a DM. How can people keep in touch with you or follow what you're up to? So I have to say, I have a thing on Facebook, but I'm absolutely terrible with it. So that is probably filled with things I've never answered. I'm really, <laughs> Same. really good at Same for mine. <laughs> terrible. I'm really easy to you on Instagram. It's Kaufman Anti-Aging. Okay. But probably the easiest thing and what most people do is on my website, which is kaufmanprotocol.com. There is an email there and I probably get dozen to two dozen, three dozen emails a day. And I will tell everyone that I am me. I don't have a staff. I don't have anyone, but I answer all emails as fast as I can with the best advice that I can. Awesome. So if people get frustrated, oh, I sent you an email three days ago. Yeah. Well, so did 77 other people. <laughs> but Like I'm researching astaxanthin. Okay. You're busy doing what you got to do. Well, I mean, actually this week is a collagen. I'm writing the chapter on collagen. So I can tell you anything you want to know about collagen. Right. Okay. <laughs> actually, let's just finish on a final collagen question. What do you have to tell us about collagen that most people don't know right now? Cause people are going nuts about collagen. Right. Collagen does more than you think it does. There are 27 types of collagen. I'm going through the history of what we know, blah, 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 blah. You know what? That's, I'm going to re- re- not answer that quite yet. Let's do a whole nother show on collagen eventually. I we'll do another show. Because I'm into alpha chains and helixes and blah, 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 blah. And, but it gets digested strangely and how it gets digested precipitates changes where it goes, what it does. Cause some of it's structural, some of it is signaling, some of it's inflammatory, some of it's not inflammatory. If it's from a marine process versus a land process. Right. Or if what it's grass fed or not grass fed, does yeah. that change things? Yeah. Let's, we'll get all into college in another show. It's a huge subject. And it so is. I don't have one complete sentence for okay. you. Okay. Appreciate that. All right, cool. Well, I've loved this show so much. I know people listening are going to love it too. So thank you for your generosity of your time and doing all the work that you do. Really appreciate it. My absolute pleasure. And I, you know, it's my favorite subject. I could talk about this all day. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Lowe Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.